All right, what's the deal with airline? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so worst date in human history. So Sarah and I had been dating for two weeks, yes, at this time, and we were long distance. And so how we had to have date nights sometimes is we would clear out our schedules, and we would have a Zoom call. And, it, and we, would, we would stay on Zoom call literally for, let me rephrase that, it, it was FaceTime. Zoom hadn't been invented for the corona apocalypse yet. Probably was, but we, we would FaceTime, and we would FaceTime for hours, and we would just talk, and then we'd get in that, you hang up, no, you hang up, no, you hang up, sweetie. Um, and so we, we had been planning this, this FaceTime for a really long time. We were going to talk for a while, and the Monday morning that I woke up, man, I had this just worst, most intense stomach pain imaginable. And I don't know what's going on. And so I did, you know, typically I went and bought Tylenol, because Tylenol fixes everything. Is there a glare? <laughs> Sorry. So, so I bought Tylenol because Tylenol fixes everything. And I took Tylenol to try and cure this, this pain in my stomach and nothing would go away. And then I uh, thought maybe it's just really bad indigestion. So I went and bought Pepto-Bismol for the five nausea, heartburn, indigestion. We're going to leave it at that. And, and I, took t- I, te- I took Pepto and nothing worked. Nothing felt good. And so, but I had, to, I had to have this date with this girl that I liked at the time. And so we, we had planned for like a week straight this big FaceTime. And it was going to be great. And I was on the call for all of like 15 minutes. And I said, I've got to go. I'm really sorry. Goodbye. And I hang up. And so I tried to sleep it off. In the middle of the night, I wake up. The stomach pain has only gotten worse. So I do what any normal person does. I drive myself to the emergency room. I don't tell my roommates. I don't tell my family. I don't tell anybody. And in the middle of the night, after I am admitted, after I am hooked up to IVs with medicine, after I'm loopy and out of my mind, I finally think, I should probably tell someone. And so I call Sarah that night from the hospital bed, talking, no telling what. I said, hey, I have appendicitis. If you've ever had appendicitis, you will know that that's when your appendix decides to revolt against your body, and it's going to blow up from the inside out. And so I was told, like, I was within, like, just steps away from it rupturing inside of me and everything. But here, here's, here's the moral of this story, okay? Yes, we're going to be talking about dating. We're going to be talking about relationships tonight. But I have this internal problem. I've got this, this big problem that needs addressing But what I'm trying to do instead is I'm trying to just slap Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid on all these things. Hey, I'll tell you what. Can we just get, like, the house lights turned on? Is that okay? Is that that a thing? Cool. Because I'm getting distracted as well. Caleb Cope, everyone. Hey, that's all good. Thank you, Caleb. So, so I have this big problem, and I'm trying to slap Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid on this thing instead of addressing the root issue. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about some really difficult things. We're going to be talking about some really mature things. And guys, the reason why we're in chairs tonight is because we're going to have a grown-up conversation. When I was a kid and we had to have family discussions, we would go in the living room, we'd sit in the comfy chairs, we'd sit in the big chairs, and we'd talk about family stuff, right? And so that's what we're doing tonight. I don't want y'all to be scared. I don't want y'all to be freaked out. But understand this, that we love you guys enough to have these conversations. Because one day you're going to be grown. One day you're going to be out in the world. One day you're going to be in college. And one day you're going to come face to face with some difficult decisions. And what's going to matter then is not if you won four games of head, shoulders, knees, and cups. What's going to matter then is not how quickly you climbed the climbing tower at Shaco Springs 
What's going to matter is not how much fun we have at the beach. What's going to matter is the foundation that we have in our belief in Jesus. And that's what we want to do tonight, okay? So I said, as a kid, when I was your age, I was thinking about these things, and I was thinking about these conversations I had when, you were a kid, when I was your, y'all's age. So I went and found some pictures. Uh, sixth grade Hunter, would you guys like to meet him? Sixth grade Hunter, here he is. All right, cool. That's me at football homecoming. That's me in the middle. That's me at basketball homecoming. That sweater vest game was on point, all right? And sixth grade Hunter was very similar to seventh grade Hunter. Would you like to meet seventh grade Hunter? Let's see seventh grade Hunter real quick. There he is. Hey, basketball superstar, top left. Um, I'm at a school dance, I think. Uh, These are all from uh, yearbooks um, and and all these things. This is an action shot from those like 30 seconds that I did play basketball that season. It was great. Uh, And seventh grade Hunter was a lot like eighth grade Hunter. Would you like to meet eighth grade Hunter? All right, let's see eighth grade Hunter. Hey, there he is. Um, Here I am in a group project holding up this paper mache bag of Frisky's cat food. I didn't do anything, but I got an A because my my team was good. Uh, There I am with my football bros and and all this stuff. So let let me get that next slide real quick. So here's the thing. Sixth grade Hunter, seventh grade Hunter, eighth grade Hunter was the same person throughout this whole time. And in my life, what I wanted more than anything is I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to have a girlfriend. I wanted to meet the love of my life and ride off into the sunset and have the Disney Channel romance that, that is going to be the greatest thing. Like I, I had all these things. And, and at this time, also is this, this time that I was starting to grow up. I was starting to mature. You know, my body was starting to change. A lot of things were going on. And, and here's what I was met with more often than not when we would have these adult conversations. I was being told, don't fill in the blank. All right, so I was being told, Hunter, don't have sex. Never have sex. Don't look at pornography. Never do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. And what, what I ended up having is I had this giant list of things that I'm not supposed to do. I had this giant list of things that I know, okay, if I do these things, God's going to hate me. I had this giant list of things that, that I was terrified of. But kind of like when I had appendicitis, I had all these different things that I knew. Like, I I don't need to do these things, but I didn't understand why. Okay, why shouldn't I? Why is it, like, what, what, what does God want of me? What am I supposed to do? Why should I avoid these things? And so tonight, we want to address that question. We want to talk about why. And so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tonight, if you have your Bibles. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, what Paul is writing is he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's writing, and he's saying, guys, you're living in a wonky world. You're living in a difficult world. You're living in a world that's got a lot of things going on. And and, and you're living in that world as lights of Jesus. If you're a follower of Christ, if you believe in Jesus, you're living here, and you're being told one thing by the world, and one thing that is acceptable by the world, and you're being told one thing that is acceptable and true and what the Lord wants you to do. And what Paul is writing here, he's saying, guys, this is what the truth is. This is how you live your life. This is what the Lord wants you to do. And in Corinth, guys, we're going to be talking a lot about you know, sexual purity. We're going to talk a lot about identity. We're going to be talking a lot about things like that. But guys, understand this. The reason why Paul is writing this is not saying don't fill in the blank. What he's writing, he's saying do follow Jesus. 
He's saying, do follow the Lord. He says, do follow holiness. Do pursue holiness. And so above all else, guys, instead of having this long list of things not to do, as followers of Jesus, as followers and lovers of him, there's one thing that we are supposed to do above all else, and that is to pursue holiness. That is to pursue Christ-likeness. When I say holiness, what I'm trying to say is that, that, that we keep ourselves pure, that we keep ourselves upright, that we live lives like Jesus, that we make decisions like Jesus, that we do those things like Jesus. And, and Paul is writing in this context in Corinth that is a very sexually immoral culture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he actually begins in saying, in saying this, like, hey, you guys are doing things right now that even the world would blush at, that even the world would be embarrassed of. And what Paul says, above all else, what I want you to do is I want you to follow the Lord. I want you to follow him. I want you to know him. I want you to be personally holy. I want you to be set apart. I want you to be obedient to the Lord. You see, guys, God has a perfect order for his, for his creation, for everything that he made. There, there, there's a perfect order of it, and we're going to talk about that later. But, but if you study God in Scripture, the command and what he has done is consistent throughout. What happens is there is life that is had, life that is brought up, life is experienced, and then instruction takes place. You think back to Adam and Eve. He, God created Adam and Eve. He made them. What's the next thing he did? He explained to them the instructions. He explained to them the rules. He said, you can eat of anything, but don't eat of this tree. You look at Jesus in his ministry, there were times that he would come, that he would heal people, that he would forgive people, that he, they would come to him, he would heal them, and he would send them out. And a lot of times he would say, go, sin no more. There, there's that instruction that takes place. Okay, And so all this, even, even for us as believers, for us as Christians, the Bible says that when we accept Christ, that we are a new creation, that we have new life, brand new life. And with that new life also comes the expectation of instruction. With that new life comes the expectation of obedience. With that life comes the expectation of holiness. Obedience to what? Obedience to God, obedience to his plan, obedience to what he has for you and for your life, Okay. So Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, excuse me, beginning in verse uh, 12, this is what he writes. He says this, he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. He says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved to anything. This is the question that Paul is writing. He says, okay, Corinth, church, can you? Can you do whatever you want? Can you follow the world? Can you do these evil things that the world is doing? Do you have that ability? Absolutely, yes, you do. You have the freedom to do so. But what he says then is, should you do those things? He says, all things are available. I can do all things, but should you do those things? Should I do those things? Paul even goes on to say, hey, I will not be enslaved to these things that are trying to hold me down. I'm not going to be enslaved. I'm not going to be held down to those things. Paul even says, like, admittedly, guys, for all of us, okay, we, we have freedom. We have the freedom. You have the freedom right now to get up and walk out of this room. I don't encourage you to do that, but you have the freedom. You can do that. Can you do it? Yes. Should you? I advise you not to because we got a lot of really cool things to talk about. But we have the freedom to do so. You have the freedom to follow the standards of this world. But not all the times is that the obedient thing to do to the Lord. 
Not all the times is that the thing that's going to bring about purity. Not all the times is that going to be the thing that brings about holiness. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, he says, okay, like, I've, I've been saved, right? I've been saved. Like, God's going to love me. God's going to forgive me regardless. And Paul writes in, bless you, Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, hey, should I just, because I've been saved, because I'm free, should I just go ahead and go and do whatever I want and sin all the more so that I can have more grace than other people? Paul says, no. Absolutely not. That's the dumbest thing in the world that you could possibly do. What Paul says instead is that you take advantage of the forgiveness that you have by submitting to the Lord. What Paul says is that instead of doing the things of the world, knowing that, yes, you will be saved, he says instead, man, the most loving, the most loyal, the most obedient thing you can do is follow the Lord, is to follow him. Paul says, I'm not going to be enslaved by the things of this world. I'm going to be a slave to Christ. And so why, why can we be saved? Why, why can we follow him? Why, why, what does that look like? Well, number, or verse 13 and 14, he goes on, he says this, he says, food is meant for the stomach. The stomach is meant for food and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise you up by his power. And so, guys, when, when you look at this, when Paul says, be obedient to the Lord, there is a standard. There is a standard that God has for us. There is a standard of what is right and what is wrong. There is a standard of what is true and what is false. There is something that we can follow, that we can know. God has the right, God has the ability, God has the, 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 the purpose to establish and set forth what is true, what is right, what is fair. God has the purpose and the ability to do those things. One, because he created the world, okay? As the creator, he also has the privileges of establishing its purpose, of establishing what its, its, its rules, what it's meant for. Guys, at one time in our life, somebody invented the car, right? And the car was meant for a purpose. It was to be driven, Okay, at one time, guys, somebody invented the toothbrush. The toothbrush had a purpose. It's to clean your teeth, right? That the creator also has the ability to name what is right, what is true. The creator has the opportunity and the reason to name what is true. And so that is the standard of truth that we have that we are called to be obedient to. And you look right here what Paul says. He says, food is meant for the stomach. The stomach is meant for the food. For food, right? He, he lays out, there, there's a standard of expectation. There's a standard of right and wrong. There is a standard that the Lord has set out for us. And so guys, remember this, guys, the path to holiness, the path to Christ-likeness, the path to purity is going to go right through obedience, is going to go right through following the Lord, is going to go right through all those things because God has made things to be perfect, God has ordained things to be the way they are. Guys, marriage was ordained by God, and it exists between a man and a woman for life because God designed it to be that way. Guys, gender, male, female exists because God designed it to be that way. Guys, there are things in our lives that exist because God created them to be that way. And what the world wants to do is take this perfect design that God has, bring it down, twist it around and morph it to fit our own personal agendas, right? It wants, to, it wants us to be able to justify ourselves and justify our sin by saying these things like, okay, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? And guys, can I tell you something? 
day in and day out and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, guys, it's just going to get trickier. So how do you know what is true? How do you know what is God and what is the world? How do you know these things? Guys, I cannot emphasize enough. Guys, you pick up this word, you read it, you hear what God has to say to you, and you see what he says. You see what his truth, you see what these things actually mean. Because guys, the world wants to lie to us. And it's, I said, it's tricky. It's gonna try and use these words and these phrases of, okay, did God really mean that? Okay, but, you, but we love each other. Okay, but I don't feel right. Okay, all these things. Well, if God really loved you, if God really loved me, then he would let me do what I want. Guys, in verse 14, this is what the Lord says. He says, and God, this is what Paul says. He says, and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Guys, God did love you by sending Jesus to die for you. And it doesn't matter what the world is gonna say and how the world wants to turn these different things. Guys, if you will follow him, if you will be obedient to him, guys, you can trust him, you can know him, you can follow him. God's love was made perfect when he sent Jesus to die for you. God's love does not need to be changed. God's love does not need to be rearranged to fit our, 20, our 2002 agenda. God's love is perfect because he loved you to send Jesus. There is a standard for us to live, and it is God. And the upset, the, the crazy thing is, is that if we fail that, guys, there are consequences. There are consequences for when we fail. There are consequences for when we stumble. There are consequences for when we fall. And so in verse 15, what Paul says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take my members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? No. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Because I'm going to be really real with you right here. What Paul is saying is that if you cut these corners, if you try and live for yourself, all you're doing is shorting what God has in store for you. God has great things in store for you. When we say that obedience to the Lord is important, guys, it's not just this huge list of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Guys, obedience to the Lord is also saying yes to what he's calling us to do. It's also saying yes to following him. It's saying yes to serving him. It's saying yes to obeying him. It's saying yes to all these things. And so what Paul is saying is, guys, when we stumble, when we fail, when we go to the right, when we go to the left, when we go outside of God's perfect order, there are consequences that are there. And like I said, guys, it's really God has great things in store for us. And we're trying to say in these moments, we know better for ourselves than God knows for us. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created everything, that we're saying, hey, God, I know you have something great in store. I know you have something great planned for me. But the way we're living, I don't care because I think I know better than you. And so what Paul is saying here, guys, is what you follow determines who you become. What you follow will determine who you will become. And guys, it's, it, it's, it's not this crazy thought. It, it's true. Uh, has anybody seen Lord of the Rings by chance? All right, so there's this, there's this little guy. Uh, we really meet him in his whole backstory in Return of the King. This little uh, gray CGI guy. He really, really has this thing for this ring. What's his name? Smeagol, Gollum, right? But, but if you look in his whole backstory, look at the, at the beginning of Return of the King. He's a happy hobbit, having a good old time, 
just going fishing with his bros. Everything's grand. But when he starts pursuing the ring, when he starts following the ring, when he starts falling in love with the ring, and his ring becomes all-encompassing of his life, what starts happening to him? He goes crazy. His life starts going off the rails. He starts losing his hair. He starts losing his voice. He starts being played by some computer. Like, all these things. Like, things happen. And guys, listen to me. What you follow will become, will determine who you will become. If you're following poor relationships and poor advice, that will be your future. If you're following poor decisions, if you're following poor people, that will be your future. And guys, it's not just in this context of like, hey, if I pursue sex, if I pursue bad relationships, like that's then, then everything's going to be bad. I'm saying like, guys, there's things that can be really, really good that we take to such an extreme. If you pursue Alabama Crimson Tide football, and that is your God, you will be disappointed. If you pursue education and 4.0 GPAs and perfect ACT scores, and that is your God, you will be disappointed. If you pursue one day, hey, I want a great career, I want a big house, I want a big car, I want a big family, and you pursue those things and you make those things your God, guys, at the end of the day, you will be disappointed. Because only one thing will ever satisfy, only one thing that we should ever follow, only one thing that we should spend our entire life to obey, and that is the perfect God who has perfect plans for you. And so at the end, as, as he's closing things out, what he says is this, the, the last few things, and, and we'll kind of start wrapping things up in verses 19 and 20. <clears throat> he says this, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. You guys remember the story in the New Testament when Jesus walked into the temple and they're, they're trading and they're selling and they're cheating people and everything like that? Y- y'all remember his reaction to that? What'd he do? He started flipping tables he made, a, he made a whip and started chasing people out. And, and why? Because, because Jesus loves the temple, because God loves the temple. We talked a few weeks ago about this beautiful temple that Solomon built to house the Ark of the Covenant, the Spirit of the Lord, that, that, that we talked about these things. That Man, the, the temple is something that God cherishes. And what Paul says right here, that our bodies, that our decisions, our lives are just like the temple of the Lord. Guys, when we love God, when we, when we experience the love that he's shown, guys, the only logical response, and I say logical and it's underlined right there, logical response is going to be obedience. When we experience what God has done for us, when we experience how he has saved us, when he has rescued you from your sin, when he has redeemed you and made you right, Guys, there should be no other logical excuse or response. There should be no other thing that we could, we could possibly do except surrender our lives to following him. And what he says right here is flee from sexual immorality. He says, flee from the things that are going to steal your focus from me. He says, flee from the things that want to be your God when I have already saved you. So look right there. There's three things. Number one, your body is a holy temple. Guys, the, the decisions you make right now, the things that you think about, 
the things you see on the internet, the things that you listen to in music, the things that you see on TikTok and everything, guys are influencing who you are going to become. And what Paul says and what the Bible says is that we pursue holiness, that we pursue, that we pursue, pursue purity, that we pursue righteousness at all costs. Number two, he says that you were bought with a price. Guys, we were all sinful. We were all dead in our sins and trespasses, but God made us alive with Christ. God redeemed you and saved you and did something none of us could possibly do here. And lastly, he says, honor God with your bodies. And I said again, this is not this like, hey, don't do this. Never, ever, ever do that. It's also saying, saying yes to God and what he's calling you to do and what he has in store for you, okay? Guys, I love y'all. Y'all know that, right? I appreciate that. I needed that today. I love y'all, okay? Believe me. I would love to pull the rugs out. I would love to play rock, paper, scissors all around. I, I would love to do those things. Because I also love you enough that one day you're gonna be nearly 30. And guys, one day you're gonna be married. Young men, you're going to be married to young ladies. Young ladies, you're going to be married to young men. One day, you're going to be fathers. One day, you're going to be mothers. One day, you're going to be employees. You're going to be employers. You're going to be small group leaders at Greenhouse. You're going to be members in the community. You're going to serve on PTA boards. And guys, I want you, when you grow up and when you're old and when you're rocking on a rocking chair, I want you to be able to know, hey, I want you to be able to know that there were people in your life that loved you enough to say the hard things. And I want you to be able to look back on a life and not have a wealth of regret because you pursued the Lord at a young age and you followed him through to, to an old age. I want you all to be able to do that, all right? So real quick, close your eyes. Just a quick moment of silence here. In silence, open your eyes, look at me real quick. Some of you here tonight as we're talking about this might have made mistakes. And some of you tonight might have failed. And some of you tonight might have fallen short. And guys, I want you to know, it says you were bought with a price. There is nothing and no mistake that you have possibly done in your past. There is no mistake that you're gonna commit in the future that is stronger than the cross. Because you have been saved, you have been redeemed if you are in a relationship with him. You have been brought to new life because if you are in a relationship with him. And if you have made mistakes here, guys, I want you to know that those mistakes will never define who you are. Only Christ will define who you are moving forward. Because that's only gonna be done if you are in a relationship with him. And so here's what I wanna encourage you. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, if you don't know what it means to be saved, if you don't know what it means to be baptized, if you have questions, guys, tonight, let tonight be the night. I say that all the time, but guys, seriously, let tonight be the night that you have that conversation. There's nothing that can separate you 
from the love of God. No amount of mistakes, no amount of poor decisions, anything can separate you from the love of God, okay? I also want to say this. There might be, after talking about there's some things that you desperately need to get rid of and some things that you desperately need to get out of your life in order for you to pursue holiness. Do it. Talk to somebody to help you do it. Guys, you have a small group, and man, what better thing could we do as a small group than come around one another, hold one another accountable, encourage one another in our relationship with Jesus so that we can pursue holiness. And when I say pursue holiness, guys, it's not, you're never going to go to bed at night, wake up the next morning, and all of a sudden, I'm going to be more like Jesus today. I won't lie to you about that, guys. It will take work. It will take hard decisions. It will take having to rip some things away from you in order for you to follow the Lord. But guys, I promise you that it is worth it. I promise you that it is, it is so, so, so much worth it because there is only one thing that will lead to everlasting life. And there is only one thing that will lead to fulfillment. And there is only one thing that will lead to uncompromising joy. And that is gonna be being in a relationship with Jesus, okay? Guys, I love y'all. I really, really do. Let's pray. God, I thank you for my friends, and um, Lord, I have no idea what the next year, the next five years, the next 50, 60, 70 years, 80 years looks like for these young men and these young women. I have no idea the tricks that the world is going to throw at them and the things that are going to try and steal their passion and steal their eyes from you. But Lord, what I do know is that you are good. What I do know is that you are constant. And what I do know is that you love everyone with a pulse and everyone who is breathing in this room tonight. And God, I just, I pray for all of them that they know that love. I pray that they know what it means to be in a relationship with you. I pray for regret and shame and guilt for poor decisions made. God, that you would remove those as far as the east is from the west. God, that we would be able to hold fast to you that we would be able to love you. God, that we would be able to move forward free because you have set us free. That we would be able to move forward alive because you have made us alive. That we would be able to move forward, God, to pursue holiness because you have set the standard for us to follow. God, more importantly, just as importantly, Lord, I pray that they would be examples, that they would be leaders God, that they would be people that are not afraid to go against the grain of society, that they would have the boldness and the conviction to say no to their friends. But God, that they would follow you with their lives, Lord. And God, as we said, 50, 60, 70, 80 years from now that we could sit on a front porch somewhere and look back and say, God, we have done our best to follow you. Lord, we pray these things in your name. Amen.